0: You're listening to the Scaling Culture Podcast, where we sit down with thought leaders who share their experiences building incredible workplace cultures. Our guest today is Carlos Adami. We're so honored to welcome Carlos again to our podcast. Since his last time on the show, Carlos moved to Amazon. As a senior global HR leader at Amazon, Carlos is responsible for all strategic people planning and execution globally to optimize finance and Amazon performance. Prior to Amazon, he held HR executive roles at Providence and other well-known organizations such as UPS, Pacific Care, United Healthcare, and Ultimate. On top of that, Carlos is an associate professor teaching graduate-level human resources courses at USC Boulevard College. So, in this episode of Scaling Culture, Ron and Carlos discuss Carlos's personal journey from Providence to Amazon, some ways Amazon uses data science to get closer to the customer and to their internal staff, a new exciting initiative of Amazon's with far-reaching impact to rural communities, speed, innovation, and systems to allow people to prioritize the most. Important thing and leadership communication best practices when navigating through tough times. This episode was sponsored by Empyrean, a top tier HR technology company that empowers organizations to build a better culture by connecting employees to meaningful, life enriching benefits. Now, on to the show.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Scaling Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Lovett, and today, very excited. I was just saying this is the first time we've had a guest come back and we couldn't have had uh, a better individual to come back than Carlos Adame. Carlos, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Ron. It is great to be
2: back. I had such a fun time last time. Uh, Looking forward to this chat.
1: Yeah, me too. And I want to kick things off. Uh, you, You went from Providence as a senior HR leader there to senior global HR leader at Amazon. Big company. But I want to rewind because when we spoke last, you were beaming with energy. You, I, I, I'm gonna to have to say, like you loved what you did. You really loved it. And so I was curious when I when even when I saw on LinkedIn you made the move, I made my own story up of why you made the move. But I wanted to talk to you about that and what prompted you to make a move because I I I again I felt that. You are in a place that I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've seen a happier person uh, at their at their in their work environment. So, yeah, tell us. Tell us. Give us a story.
2: Yeah, uh, thanks, Ron. And yeah, I, I was with Providence for almost four years and absolutely loved it there. I think that um, passion for the mission and what we do in healthcare care uh, was evident and and still resides in my heart. Um, a couple of things happened interesting enough uh, to cause me to consider going to Amazon. Uh, two of my former colleagues reached out to me and said, Hey, Carlos, we have this unique opportunity partnering with the finance leadership at Amazon, you know, second largest company in the world. And we, we need you is basically the recruiting pitch. <laughs> we need your passion, your compassion, um, your leadership, your innovation to really come um, help us get to the, to the next level. And I, and I, turned them down quite candidly. I said, uh, I'm happy here. I, um, I'm doing great work, you know, healthcare, I think, uh, as you know, the last few years, and I've been in it for over a decade has gotten really tough. Uh, and And there's more chance on top of burnout and people are leaving the industry. And I think I got, they, they came back and said, Hey, I'll, I'll make you a deal. If you just talk to our head of HR and you're not interested, we'll leave you alone. But, but, at least just listen. How many times do you get an opportunity to work with people you know and respect and, and care for and to to run HR for the second largest company in the world? Um, so I did. I, I, I thought about it and went and was really intrigued at what an amazing organization Amazon is. And I looked at uh, you know, the last ten years of my career staring at me and and I thought, I want to see if I can scale and really bring an impact on not just the 1.6 million employees we have, the half a trillion in revenue and, and, and growing very fast, um, but to be able to take everything I had learned, not just at Providence, but before, and really apply it for good. Um, good in the workplace, good to customers. Um, you know, Most people know Amazon because they buy things on it, but there really are a lot of other projects that... Uh, Amazon uh, leads and does and innovates on. And, and I thought, I may not get another opportunity to to do this type of work at the scale. So
1: that's no, what I'm makes here. perfect sense. And so you were looking to scale up and take on a new challenge. Good for you. Because I, I I think there's something to be said for those who are really passionate about what they do and, and want to continue to grow in the space, you know. Yep. And it, it also sounds like, um, you know, you entered Providence uh, in a place where it was, it was you know a tough space, fine, but great culture. And so you're yeah. entering a place that says, "Look, now I now I'm going to be, um, you know, involved in whether it's culture transformation, new initiative, but really pushing things out." That's that's an exciting. Uh, it's that's exciting.
2: Yeah, uh, I still am in close contact with many of my Providence colleagues, and and it is has been tough for them as it has for all of healthcare for myriad reasons. Uh, COVID just being the cherry on top. That really shifted the model, and I, I will say, Providence did some of the probably most transformative HR work during that initial period when we, all businesses were trying to figure out how their new model would work and people management and practices that had been in place for a long time that needed to change on a dime. Um, sending tens of thousands of people home, changing healthcare and and um, uh, childcare options, yeah, it was it was invigorating. Uh, coming here, it's just a different issue to solve. And, and I think economically, as you know, um, not just in North America, but across the world, um, there's headwinds that um, are real. And so we're ahead of the curve. And I think great cultures, I, I, I was reading your, your new book, Scaling Culture. Congratulations, by the way. Um Thank haven't you. finished it, but it's a, it's a great um, start to the book. Um, talks about how culture really can or does drive organizational performance. And those companies that have strong culture are able to weather anything. Um, we doubled in size in 24 months at Amazon. And it was already a very large company, if you can, if you can even fathom that. And Amazon does things differently. Um, I remember my first meeting when I got here and I attended the meeting and a document was shared. And we spent the first 20 minutes of the meeting reading the document that somebody had put together and done research and data and had a recommendation. And so I have never been in a meeting in my entire professional career where the first 20 minutes we spent reading a document that somebody had probably spent months creating and collaborating with to to make a proposal. Um, But what I learned was, there's an incredible power in putting your thoughts down in paper. You know, we're all familiar with PowerPoint presentations, and you know, you could only say so much on the real estate of a, of a deck. Um, this was much, much more detailed. Um, with what? Did, why are you recommending this? What are the alternatives? Um, how do you know this data is is valid, et cetera, et cetera? And it was fascinating how um, the the operating mechanisms that we have for the business, not just people related, but the whole business is very different than anything I've experienced, but it's also led to our success. You know, it's a very, Amazon's still a relatively young company. I think, you know, I came from Providence, 170 year old company right. and Amazon, you know, at a quarter of a century plus um, is already the second biggest uh, organization in the world. So there's something to be said for a culture that works and drives performance. I think you, you wrote in your book about your experiences with your companies. Um. yeah, it's quirky. It's different. I can give you many more examples.
1: So, so, but I want to go back to that conversation because it sounds like you were trying to ensure that your beliefs were aligned. And so it's like, okay, yeah. look, it's okay that you have problems, but I just want to know my belief system is that you need to, you know, um, that culture is critically important. Bringing the best out in people is critically important. I have to make sure that we believe the same thing and then I can help you execute on the belief. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so it was interesting. I think what you mentioned at the at the top of the intro was uh, my passion for the values and the way uh, Providence operated. Um, there was a new leadership principle that came out in the last few years at Amazon because Amazon absolutely is the most customer obsessed company. I mean, everything, every conversation which starts, how does this benefit the customer? Um, and so you would think, there should be as much emphasis placed on the people that drive, you know, that that delivery and innovation on behalf of our customers. Well, striving to be the Earth's best employer was a new leadership principle that was um, was uh, implemented a couple of years ago, and, and it's pretty fascinating. I want you to read that. I'm going to read the definition to you because this, Please. to me, is is why I get up and and come to work here every day. It says leaders work every day to create a safer, more productive, higher performing, more diverse. And more just work environment. They lead with empathy, have fun at work, and make it easy for others to have fun. Leaders ask themselves Are my fellow employees growing? Are they empowered? Are they ready for what's next? Leaders have a vision for and commit to their employees' personal success, whether that be at Amazon or elsewhere. Um, And so, you know, I I can get up and go Mm work hard to achieve that. Um, Great recipe aspirational absolutely but it really codified the importance of the 1.6 million people we have um that bring amazon to life and um you know we can talk more about that but that's one of those that's when i knew it was aligned to my my personal values
1: i love that and and i i I really think that it, it, I was listening. I was trying to poke holes in what you were actually reading. I'm like, it's just got to be a gap. And as it, it kind of, I feel like it checked all the boxes. It really checked learning, diversity, growth, uh, empathy. It just seemed to. It was obviously well thought out. That's great. I'm really happy to hear that. So tell me about um, tell me about your onboarding there, and specifically, Carlos. I'm curious because. As I've started to onboard uh, key members of our team, in a perfect world, uh, people that that are strategic thinkers in the business, I don't want them touching the business when they come in. I want them to absorb things. And we are like, we would be a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of where Amazon is, and it's still complex. Mm -hmm. You know, I worry that you know uh, a leader comes in and starts getting involved in the day to day, playing catch up, and then they never get that they they did they're challenged with understanding the whole company. So then they can be strategic about decisions. What was your onboarding like? And where did you, where did you live there? Were you able to, did you have to dive right in because of the growth? Like I was curious. So uh, you, you
2: hit on something that's super important for every company, not just yours, not just Amazon is to allow a new leader to learn, to learn the culture, to learn the values, to learn how the business runs, to build relationships, I will tell you, uh, my leader and my my, my business partner, uh, Tim, both said, Carlos, give yourself six months to learn your job. Now, this is, I'm a fully seasoned HR veteran, but how it's accomplished, uh, learning the culture, building relationships, understanding how the business operates, it's a business like any other, but it's incredibly complex given its scale. Um, and even more so important, they said, give yourself another year, so uh, another six months. Excuse me, six months to learn your job. Another six months to learn how to do it really well. So think about the, the thought, the mental model of giving me a year to really get up to speed and be high performing. That is an incredibly um, generous. Time Because I know many companies, you have to just jump in and old leaders gone and you have to start doing things. And did I have to start doing things uh, first month? Absolutely. Their business was still running. But I had a colleague who was uh, filling in for me until I got here that stayed with me through that first quarter and just said, hey, let me continue to do it when you're ready to jump in, or if you want to jump in, you know, feel free to facilitate one of these sessions. Um, And we have a, a concept called day one manager orientation, I can go into more detail, where we lay out specifically the roadmap of learning for new leaders, whether it be online, asynchronous learning, watching videos, learning about culture, all of the key people that they should meet. And in fact, many of those meetings were already scheduled for me when I got here, both HR side, business side, other COEs, and, uh, and my team, obviously. And so um, that intentionality to lay it out, to, to have it measured. And by the way, we have data scientists in HR. We have a 30,000 person HR organization, if you can imagine that, that really think through these things and design them. And so there's a cadence of day one things you should do to get up and up to running week one that you just need to know, and then month one, month two, month three, and so on and so on. Um, fascinating, fascinating onboard. And all I would say is for any of your listeners, uh, be intentional about giving your new leader space to learn. Um, it doesn't have to be exactly what I'm describing, but um, if if you said it earlier. If a leader has to just jump in and start working, they're already behind. Uh, they're going to miss key things that will help them be effective, uh, either internally or externally. And so that little investment of time and space is is so key to I I think a leader's long term success.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, you know, and I have a specific example. We've got we had uh, someone come on the finance side, and that's exactly what happened. They had to jump in. I and I I still feel um, I still feel wrong about that. I still feel that we need to have that person be able to get to a place where they can pause, and even though we didn't do it right away, the business you know, wasn't set up properly to do it. We still need to give them some breathing space to sit back and look more, look more broadly. Mm -hmm. What's, um, so your time in Amazon has been how long now? I've been here 11 months coming up on my year anniversary. What's the biggest thing you've learned that you didn't know coming from Providence, not about the business mechanics, but just about HR and what's a new skill that you've picked up since you've been there as you've sat back and said, okay, this is very different.
2: Hmm. Well, I think there's two things that come to mind. One is the scale of operations. You know, I've, I've run HR for some pretty big organizations, but nothing of this of this type. And so um, being able to manage HR in a business across the globe, we're in 39 different countries. Um, it, it's just incredibly complex. And the second thing I would say is the science behind people, Uh I was blown away at, A, how much data we have available to analyze, to draw insights, to make recommendations. Even better, it's not available just at my fingertips, but our leaders' fingertips. We have an organizational health, health review dashboard, which they can see all their key metrics. They can see, um, obviously, uh, you know, if there's uh, attrition, um, they can see uh, everything, our, our key Strategic goals and how we're progressing, and they can click down by their own organization even further down. It is fascinating. And then the last thing I would say, what I've learned is the incredible amount of time that is spent on people related issues like uh, talent reviews and succession planning and promotions is off the charts. And I thought I had good processes in prior organizations. These are top, top 0.1% and it leads to better decisions, and it leads to better outcomes on, on People Matters. I just have never seen such a priority placed on it. Um, and, and again, these are these are meetings facilitated by me, designed by me in, in partnership with the business, but run by the business, which is fascinating um, that they own it, uh, which they should. And um, so I think my learning was, there's a whole nother gear that can be achieved. Um, with time and effort and resources, obviously it's a big company, so we can uh, afford to have you know more more resources. But it's the placing HR and people related um, issues on par with business and financial issues. It is um,
1: unprecedented. It's it's interesting. You mentioned about the the vast kind of HR team, and and we had um, a senior leader from Uber on not too long ago, and that was the first time I've talked to someone that had data analysts. HR data analysts, right? And that analyze data around efficiency of meeting and how many people should be in a meeting. And I was like, holy cow. It feels like the, I haven't heard larger corps that are in, um, you know, more uh, traditional industries having data analysts in the HR space. Have you? Is this the first time you've seen this with, with Amazon?
2: No, I, I've had data analysts before, but it's it's really what they do, and it's their importance. You know, you could have a, a junior level analyst that pulls reports and you know maybe creates them or creates a deck for you to to use. That's that's one level of analysis. The more what you're talking about and what I'm used to, and I, and and um, Gary Rousseau, who if you ever got a chance to get him on your um, podcast, would be fantastic. He's one of the leading data scientists, he's at Providence, and he is way above and beyond anything I've ever, just in terms of insight and fun and partnership and thinking through how to construct you know, the analysis of data, how to present data, what does it mean? Um, so I, I have had good analysis, but this is an entirely different um, scale. If you think about reactive ad hoc reporting to insights, to predictive analytics, you know, at that top where you're looking around the corner and ahead and drawing conclusions, even more so having automated mechanisms so that it's not manually you and me looking at spreadsheets and, you know, doing that or even in a database, but that it actually um, creates the the visual and the insights that can be analyzed by HR people and business leaders is beyond anything I've I've ever had. So I think more big companies um, have, Analysis and analysts done in in HR uh, because the people insights sometimes falls behind the financial insights or the operational insights. And what I would just say is is the science behind it is really what's what's intriguing. Um, and then what you know we have programmers, you know, software design engineers that work in HR. If you can imagine that, that literally take a problem that we have and a solution that's brought up and say, how do we scale that? For this entire organization. Let's build a model and test it so that we don't have to keep creating reports. A leader can hit a button and the report is there in the way they need it at the time they need it. It's just, it's next level. Wow.
0: Remember the days when company culture was defined by how many foosball tables and weekly happy hours there were? Today, employees expect more. That's why Empyrean empowers organizations to build a better culture by connecting employees to meaningful, life-enriching benefits. Benefits that allow your employees to be their best selves both in and outside the workplace. Is your benefits function positively impacting company culture? Take Empyrean's online benefits maturity assessment to see how you measure up and where you can take a more strategic approach. A better workplace culture starts with benefits. So visit GoEmpyrean.com to take the assessment and start building a better culture through benefits that actually matter. Empyrean, where real benefits live.
1: And t- tell me about um, Amazon's view as you're inside the business now in in centralization versus decentralization. You know, because I think about this all the time, and I feel like that's a complex thing that continues to come up. You know, in my my real estate company, I think about in a perfect world, I, I want basically most things to be decentralized with support, mm-hmm. check and balance, guidance, and accountability from a centralized you know, the strategies, you know, in, or the main system to come from a central hub. How does Amazon view that? And you also shift back and forth. What, I'm curious what, what that looks like.
2: Yeah. So um, we have a saying that it's always day one at Amazon. Um, and what that means is we maniacally work to stay fresh and to innovate and I agree with you to be mostly decentralized because that's where the work happens. That's where the customers are at. That's where the problems can be solved. There needs to be some scale to centralize a few things, but we'd rather err on individual teams working to solve an issue that may be the same issue that another teams and maybe they come together, maybe they don't. But if you start creating these behemoth centralized functions, boy, things grind to a halt and committees and reviews, we have a bias for action like time, you need to move and 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 with speed. And we talk about one-way door decisions and two-way door decisions. Most of our decisions are two-way. You can back up and redo it and change. We learned and we can do it. We really are, are cautious on one-way door where if you're changing it, you're going to change the customer experience for, you know, or many billions of customers, or you're going to change the culture or something, right? There's going to be some financial impact, but those are far and few between. Most of those two-way decisions, make it, learn from it. If it doesn't work out, great. What? How do you apply it and move forward? And that speed, I think, is what's allowed a company of our size to still be nimble and innovative and bring products to, to life very fast, um, where I think other companies of our size might be bogged down, to your point, in process and protocol and, and, and um, mechanisms that
1: don't allow for that. And we're vigilant not to have that. And tell me about the orc design because this is also something as you know that I'm constantly going back. <laughs> you know, six months yearly. Is this working? Does this make sense? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's top of mind right now. What is the organizational structure? Is it flat? Is it hierarchy? Like, give us a glimpse inside. What's it look like? And and does it change all the time? It is super flat,
2: and yes, it changes all the time. Uh, there are twelve levels from the CEO to the the lowest. Um, uh, grade level and 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 person in the company. And some of those levels aren't even used. <laughs> so it's actually less than that. So if you think of 1.6 million people compressed into, you know, 10-ish levels of, of organization, it is incredibly flat. And that's so that everybody stays close to the customer, as, as you can imagine. Uh, it changes all the time. Um, news about closing down investments. I mean, that's one thing I will give Amazon credit. We see an opportunity, we go for it, we invest the resources and time and when we think it's not working, we shut it down and we move on and we learn from it. Um, Sometimes it comes back in a different form. Um, so how we're structured really is along customer lines. So we have stores, which most people are familiar with Amazon.com. Uh, and there's physical stores that we have, obviously, Whole Foods and others. Um, there's Amazon Web Service, largest um, web hosting uh, company in the world, probably be a Fortune 50 by itself. Um, and we have devices. We have Prime. We have you know so on and so on. Um, Kuiper, which is a satellite division to bring internet to places in the world that don't have it. Oh, um, I didn't know so that. That's, yeah. That, I mean, there's a lot of things that Amazon does that, that people don't know about, to your earlier point, about not not a lot of information. And that's okay. Um, when, when it's close to launching, it will bring parity and equality to other parts of the world that don't have it right now. That's pretty cool.
1: And I was also curious in... You you talked about you know how close Amazon is uh, to the customer. I've I heard stories about in the boardroom. There's always an extra seat for the customer, and and look, I agree. I I, I mean, I use Amazon so much that my wife's trying to get me barred from it. Uh, she doesn't like that I'm like <laughs> two a.m. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, what can I buy at two a.m. when I woke up? It's like really not good. So, but but it's interesting because. And I'm going to give a quick shout out. Evan's Evan uh, Jones is our uh, contact with Amazon works at a Toronto. He's been fantastic, but it's the first time I've, and that's on the business side, Mm -hmm. but on the personal side, like I feel, and maybe I'm wrong and just don't understand how the platform works in some cases, but it's not like there's a 1-800 number to call. There's not like the chat bot. And so it's great on the customer. How are you guys figuring out? Because it seems like there's also a, Hey, this is how we do business and you you know it doesn't have the the traditional access to customer service but it's going great on the customer side how's that all working it, it's almost confusing to me
2: yeah so I, I think so it's interesting we we one of our leadership principles is customer obsession and i think that's why we're we're successful like leaders start with the customer and work backwards um and so we've spent a lot of time speaking with customers, analyzing what they need. That's why the, the site, just to give one example, is so intuitive. It's easy. There's recommendations that make sense to you. Um it, it's super easy to return something. You click a button, there's a label and you can just drop it off anywhere. You don't even, you know, so it's it's all starting with what does a customer need? What will make it most simple and easy. And think about the time savings of packages getting to customers right it used to be man it's a week it's a month it could be a couple months and now you know most people expect two-day delivery with Amazon Prime they're like I can't wait three days or five days like what so it changed it changed the whole industry model um, but also the cost savings of um, of reducing shipping costs and reducing um, uh, the cost of items because we have scale but also the time spent looking for things. If you think about that, whatever you purchased last at 2 a.m., first of all, you couldn't have gone down to the store probably to get it because it would have been closed. You would have had to drive and park and go spend your time and then analyze and then go back and and come back um, versus being able to hit a, a click of a button and then move on with your life. That cost savings and time savings, and there was an analysis done, is really in the trillions of dollars and people don't think about that um, right. in terms of impact to society, uh, social good, um, and it's fascinating. And so, yes, it's not a traditional model where you call someone or you chat with someone. You know, most of it is done online, but that's how people want it. You know, I think about banking back in the day when you went to a bank and opened a checking account and savings and deposited checks and withdrew money and transferred things. Where now you do it at two a.m. on your phone, right? You just do everything you. Increase credit line. Shopping should be that easy.
1: No, no, I, I agree. And it's almost insulting when someone has to go to the store to buy something that they could just order on Amazon. Now it's like insulting. <laughs> <laughs> but um but you know, like this came up uh, in our business, and I'm I'm you know, constantly reminding our our teammates, let's not think we're smarter than we are, which is being in the boardroom. Pretending we're the customer, we're not the customer, you know, and so we're, we're we're really working with our net promoters to give get feedback from them, and and that's going quite well. I assume that Amazon has in, these incredible focus groups. Yeah, you do. So, okay.
2: Yeah, so we have many many mechanisms to talk to customers. In fact, um, we will deep dive. We it's a, let me take one step back. We're, we're talking about culture. Many of these leadership principles have a natural tension. We want leaders to think big. And and to really be innovative and, and not think small because that's self-fulfilling prophecy, but also to dive deep. And to your point about you could look at metrics and say, okay, on average, you know, 99.4%, you know, satisfied or this or that. But the anecdotes, the focus groups, the conversations are super, super insightful. You may think you're really great at all this thing, and then you have this customer story of the impact that they had or the, the on them. And spending time understanding that, I was in a a two-hour meeting with our senior leadership team in finance and myself, going deep on an issue for a customer. Um, This happened to do with accounts payable and accounts receivable, um, all the way down to the invoices, the communication, the timing. And the reason we did that, and you'd think that's an expensive meeting to be down in the weeds, is to teach the entire organization, the entire leadership principle to not take these things for granted to your earlier point. That not think, hey, everything's wonderful and smells great. There are problems, go down, understand what they are. And then there's action items taken off and there's a follow-up, absolutely fascinating. So we do the same thing with customers where we will have focus groups and other types of um, uh, uh, contacts. And we take those seriously. Um, we don't just say, oh, that's just Ron, you know, we right. just had a bad experience. No, we will li- literally digest that and understand it. And if there's something that we can fix, um, it could have just been an error, but it could have been something s- systemic. In fact, that right. um, deep dive that I mentioned, we found something that was a, a flaw in the cycle. Some the right people weren't reviewing the decision making at the right time. Boom, we got it. We're like, OK, we're done like that. That's that will help. A tiny percentage, but on the scale that we have, it's a big thing. So we will always obsess over that, Ron, not only existing customers, but future customers. Like The think tank here is amazing to think about things that customers may not even know or think about right now until they're launched. Um,
1: So I envision two things. Carlos, when mm-hmm. you're saying one, I envision a massive whiteboard that had like a lot of drawings and pieces going to pieces. That's the only way I could ever figure that out. So maybe that's wrong. I don't know. But it, I assume you have some big whiteboards over there. <laughs> we do. And we the do. Second, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, as you go down this cycle of uh, problem and some rabbit hole, you must be like, oh, we need Tim or Mary in here because that touches, like, boom, zoom them in or get them in here because, like, people must be pulled into conversations all the time because of the flatness, actually, and, and saying we need some expertise because now we hit something we don't know what we're talking about, boom, we need to collaborate with, like, I I, I envision this kind of chaotic but, but fun, fast-moving, problem-solving environment.
2: Uh, 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 all of that is true. I just got looped into a meeting yesterday. They needed my insight, and they pinged me, "Can you join us for five minutes? We just need your your thought on this one thing." Boom, joined, made the decision, and we moved on with life. Love
1: that. So, um, I just want I want to point that out because I think that it's critical. You think about very successful companies and their usage and discipline of time. It's not like what Carlos just said It was. I'm not in here for an hour, Mooney. I came in for five minutes to help solve or socialize this one idea, collaborate around it, and then I'm out. More mm-hmm. people need to adapt that, even us. I mean, this is just, that that's incredible.
2: <laughs> well, to your point about the do people get called into those deep dives, absolutely. Although it's pretty, it, it, it's a fairly large meeting because what we do, Ron, is we think about everybody that touches this issue. And it could be finance, it could be HR, it could be communications, it could be a programmer that you know designed the system. We get them in the room so that they're all hearing it, they're connecting the dots, and then we all go back and, and do our job. But I think um, prioritization is done at an amazing level here at Amazon. All businesses talk about prioritization, work on your most important things. Uh, we are maniacal about that. Only focus on the most important things. I mean, I got a lot of great ideas that I can bring, Ron. I'm sticking to my core that's driving performance here. And these other things, maybe someday they'll come along and we'll review right. them when it's appropriate. Um, but extremely there's extremely discipline
1: disciplined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I read a lot about Jim Collins, you know, talks about the Amazon flywheel and multiple flywheels within the business. Is that something that just Jim Collins talks about or is that introduced to you at Amazon or in a different yeah. way? But it sounds that that was the. <clears throat> I loved it about, you know, if you do this right, this hits this nugget that had, you know, there's, these five key levers that if you do them right, then it's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat.
2: Yeah, So it is a real thing. I, I don't think we use that term specifically, I think it's more of a Jim Collins uh, term, but the, 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 the model is right, that if you get these levers moving in the right direction and at the right speed, and it takes a long time. And that's the one thing I admire. Amazon, we're willing to be in it for the long term um, and not just be looked at the quarterly you know, earnings to really invest and invest because it will pay off. Um, and so, yes, if you get those businesses and they're interconnected, if you think about Amazon Prime, that leads to, you know, Amazon Stores, that leads to Amazon uh, Video and so on. They're all interconnected. It's a, a an ecosphere. And so when they're all humming, they help each other out, uh, ultimately helping the customer out that you don't have to go to a bunch of different places to uh, transact business. You can do it all in one place. So yes, the theory is right and it does work. And sometimes those flywheels slow down and right. sometimes you need to replace them. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, the, the concept is uh, is right.
1: Well, Carlos, what, last, last thing, what's keeping you up at night now? What's the next six months of, where, where, where are you digging your teeth into? What are the current challenges other than like that outside of, of obviously making some big decisions on the people side of the business? What, what else is going on?
2: Yeah, I think, I think two things keep me up at night. One is the economic uncertainty. Um, we all know that we're we're leading towards tough times. We just don't know, is this a recession? Is it a depression? Is this a slowdown? And then we pick back up. Um, it's that uncertainty. So being able to model out and prepare for any of that. And I think um, what I like about Amazon, we're way ahead of that with, with uh, multiple models and different decisions. Um, and then the second is keeping the workforce engaged. And um, Happy. I mean, we have we have single digit uh, regretted attrition, which is fantastic. It's probably one of the best in our industry. But even that is a big number to me. So retaining our top talent, all, all our talent, but in particular our top talent, those are the two things that um, that keep me up at night. and i'll be I'll be leading an initiative uh, with many other people to to look at that, address that, and see what can be done. Um, so I think no, like being able to respond to whatever comes our way, and then being able to keep our talent um, is really my priority heading into 23.
1: Well, you've got your plate full, my friend, and and good for you. I'm proud of you uh, of taking this um, incredible opportunity on. And, and it sounds like things are going great and you're learning a ton and drinking from a fire hose and, and, mm-hmm. uh, punching above your belt. So good good for you Carlos. That's excellent. Well thanks again for joining. I'm 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 very thankful that you came back to the show again. Yeah, you, again you're our second guest that came back and so That's a new start for us. This is good.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you, Ron. It's always a pleasure to chat with you and and keep doing the good work that you're doing. And um, I wish you well and we'll stay in touch.
0: For more information about Carlos and his work, please follow him on LinkedIn. To learn more about our books or our Scaling Culture Masterclass, which is a six-hour series on how to build and sustain a resilient, high-performing team, please go to scalingculture.org. And to learn more about sponsor of this episode, Empyrean, please go to GoEmpyrean G O E M P Y R E A N dot com. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a comment and share the podcast with one of your friends or colleagues. We'll be back soon with another incredible guest.